are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. What's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder and podcast of this movement known as the W-2 Capitalist. Today, I got a real treat for you. I'm going to call him the Wolf of Wall Street, even though he probably will dismiss that here pretty soon. But I'm joined by uh-huh. Craig, and I, I've been practicing his name for a few times here, Napoliello. Is that, did I get it right? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So, Craig, nailed it. You and I, you reached out, um, I think it was through just through email, right? You found the W2 Capitalist website, and you're like, look, yeah. man, I got a story that can resonate with your audience. Uh, and we were just talking about, hey, you don't have anything to remote. You definitely would have people connect with you if they want to learn more, but you just want to come on and tell your story, right? So, uh, and we were just chatting a little bit before I hit the record button. And, and the reason I made the Wolf on the Wolf on Wall Street remark was you were actually a day trader. Wait, is that fair to say? On Wall Street? Um, I, was, I, I, I was a trader, yes. Okay. I was a trader. So what's the yeah. difference between a day trader and, and just a trader? Um, I, I think a day trader sort of, you know, suggests that someone that's, 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 that's in and out of positions all day long intraday, yeah. um, you know, versus someone who's taking risk over longer time horizons. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, uh, as you can tell, I don't do a whole lot with stocks. Uh, not, I mean, very, very <laughs> little. Uh, and we were just talking about how you're, were, are you out of all the stocks now or you, you're rotating those assets out? Is that what you were talking about? Yes. So I don't, um, as far as any, any, um, capital that I have, you know, control of, it's, you know, vested that I can, that I can now, you know, work with. I don't have, I don't have one penny in, um, in any public, you know, stocks or bonds at this point. That is, that is is crazy. I I expected you, you know, we come on here. You're like, you know, people talk about getting diversified and Hey, you can have money in real estate, but you better have money in somebody else. And here's a, here, here you are. And you spent, was it 11 years trading? I spent yeah, I was in, yeah, eleven years, you know, in finance and as a trader. And and now you so you know, and I don't want to say secrets, but because the SEC would probably look down upon that, right? But there are Hi. there are tips and tricks that you've probably learned along the way where you could be an extremely successful um, stockbroker, right? If if that's a if that's a, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if that's the right label or not, but. You here's a guy who spent 11 years in the stock world and has zero dollars that you control in stocks and you're what money you do have control of you're moving into uh, real estate assets. Is that, is that a fair um, summary? Yeah, I was in, I was in the financial markets for 11 years. So I'd say that my you know general, my general knowledge of, of you know of, of markets and investments you know is is, is more than yeah you know, to the average person just because of my like professional me. experience and, and <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um and i've chosen to um you know this is and this is why i say a, a recent thing this is only over the, the course of the last year is that i have you know rotated those assets you know out of the public markets you know into you know into um you know say multifamily you know where, where i feel like there is a 
you can create, you know, an advantage, right? I think is that's one you, with it. You can create an advantage on a sort of personal level. And, and then, um, and then two is I thought that it was a better vehicle, you know, to help me achieve my long-term goals. Right. Right. Um, so the stock market, so, has- so it wasn't just, it wasn't just, it wasn't just the, it Go wasn't ahead. just like just the market stuff. I also had single family real estate, um, single family real estate. Um, that again, same for me. I just, you know, I basically, I, 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 there was a sort of an aha moment for me. Um, when I started really going down this rabbit hole of multifamily real estate, cash flowing real estate. And that prompted me to, I literally reevaluated every penny that I had to my name, whatever, you know, whatever that was in stocks or bonds or cash, or I, I owned some single family real estate. I evaluated that as well. Is, is that giving me the best return on equity? If not, what is a better alternative? I, you know, I think the multifamily is a better alternative from that, from that standpoint, you know, has, how, do, how does every penny that I have align with my long-term goals? And, um, you know, so that, so, so going through that analysis, um, you know, prompted me to, you know, take all my money out of the public markets and now, um, put that to work in, you know, cash flowing real estate. So real quick, give us a brief snapshot of what your real estate portfolio looks like today. Sure. So, um, so I guess if I if just if I turn back the clock, let's say six months, right? So six months I had um, I had two single family um, real estate properties. Okay, one of those one of those um, was something that I purchased in 2013 um, that I was renting out. I reevaluated that and I you know looked at that and said, okay, my return on equity is at this point is very poor. Um, you know, so, so the, the, the negative side of it is that my return equity is very poor. The, the positive side of that was the reason why my return equity is poor is because the, the amount of equity it increased dramatically in that, in that property. So I said, this is great. You know, so it's a good thing. Like how can I use it to my advantage? Um, I, you know, sold that property. Um, I then 1031, I am 1031ing that specific property, which is a you know, single family with a terrible, you know, sort of return equity into, um, I am, I invested in, um, are you familiar with, with like Jake and Gino? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Big from, fans from of Wilbur Province. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so those guys, have, so I'm, I'm in their, in their mentorship program. Um, I also, so I, I, um, they worked with me. I mean like, you know, you know, they talk about going above and beyond. So they were doing this deal, um, that they just closed on yesterday. It's a 143 unit deal in Lexington, Kentucky. And I mentioned to them, you know, I'm, I'm in their mentorship program. I mentioned to them, Hey guys, like I, I have a, a 1031 situation and I, you know, am coming to the end of my timeline and I'm not sure where I'm going to deploy this money. So they, um, you know, sort of set the wheels in motion and were very, very helpful. Um, the timing worked out well. So I invested part of that money in this deal. So now I'm a, a basically a tenant in common with them on this 143 right. unit deal. And then, um, and then I, um, as luck would have it, I went from, you know, zero opportunities and to, to now Jake and Gino found out one for me to be involved in. And then another, um, a building came up with 22 units in the market where I'm invested. So, um, that was a sort of a long winded response for, you know, six months ago, I had zero multifamily real estate exposure. Um, you know, come mid September, I will have, um, 53 units, um, either on my own or some of them are with a, a friend of mine. And then I'll be a, a 13% owner in this deal that Jake and Gino just did in, in Lexington, Kentucky. No, I, I love the answer. I, I don't think it was long winded at all. I, I think that's incredible. You and I are in similar scenarios where um, I had a 1031 exchange 
uh, earlier this year and the clock was running out because I couldn't find anything locally uh, in our uh, markets that we know and when, you know, we know and trust. So um, I let that expire. I talked to my CPA and I said, Hey, if I let this expire, what does this mean from a financial standpoint? How much more taxes? And so he ran the numbers real quick and gave me an estimation. It wasn't enough to really uh, scare me, so to speak. Yeah. So we let it expire because I, I, I'm interested to find out how the tenant in common comes out for you. I, I yeah. heard that that is a, uh, an administrative nightmare, but uh, I'm going to pick it, your brain. It was. It was? Okay. I, I, can, I, can confirm, I can confirm that. I said, I mean, I can, I can confirm that. And really, it was an administrative nightmare. Um, you know, most of, and most of that nightmare, 99% of that nightmare was, um, was dealt with by, you know, Rand Partners and that whole, their, their whole crew there, Jake and Gino and right. Dylan. Yeah, Jay. So I can confirm that the tenant in common structure, you know, was was very complicated, and there was a tremendous amount of administrative work. You know, lucky for me, um, you know, Rand Partners and Jake and Gino and Dylan, um, you know, they 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 saddled the burden of dealing with you know ninety five percent of the, you know, sort of administrative burdens. And I was only exposed to 5% of them. That being said, even with, even, even viewing the process through the lens of seeing 5% of the administrative headaches, you know, it was very, very clear that it was a, you know, it was a major process getting there. Um, and I can tell you if they weren't as, you know, sort of, if they weren't as committed to, you know, getting across the finish line and, you know, working with me, it would not have gotten done. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys have been in, around for a while, right? And they've probably are probably not their first rodeo, but even, even with them involved, I've, I've just heard, you know, I talked to my CPA and I talked to my lawyer. They're like, it's, you can do it. You know, you're going to pay, you know, for the amount I was transferring, it was like a hundred thousand or the amount yeah. that was in my 1031 exchange was a hundred thousand. They're like, for the amount you're going to pay for taxes, you're going to spend yeah. on administrative and legal fees. So, yeah. you know, and I so think because, I think it helped that I think it helped the size, the size of the deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it helped as far as the, the legal and administrative things, like, like you're saying, like on, on a, um, you know, sort of on a smaller scale, I'm sure the numbers would have made less sense, um, you know, because the size of the deal, I'm sure their relationships and, um, you know, the amount of business they're doing, the, you know, the administrative costs and legal costs were manageable. Yeah. Yeah. What is, so, uh, real quick, we'll plug Jake and Gino. They've got an event coming up in, is it October in Orlando? Yes. Um, I've got some coupon codes at, for the Facebook group. If you're not part of the Facebook group, it's, uh, real estate investing for the W2 employee. The easiest way to go there is to go to w2capitalist.com and click on the community button. And it'll take you right there. And there's a coupon code listed there. I was going to ask you, Craig, are you planning to go to that event? Yes. Okay. So let's link up there. I am, uh, tentatively scheduled to be there, but that is a couple of months away and, and we've got some, you know, we've got a four year old, a two year old and a three month old and, and it's, uh, uh, can get, uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I totally hear you. Well, if not, if not, they're then somewhere else. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. But I'd love to meet you at that event. If we're both going to be there for sure. Uh, we'll grab a beer or something. So yeah, um, definitely. I am, I am curious though. So the stock market has had a huge run here la uh, mm -hmm. in the last, I don't know, several years, right? Especially since Trump's been in office, love him or hate him. Mm -hmm. 
that has been the case. And, and you've taken, I think you're wise for taking your money off the table. And I can't remember who I was talking mm-hmm. to the other day. They were like, you know, they they were talking about their friends or, or bragging about how much they're up in their stocks. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, how much have you taken out? And they're like, well, I haven't taken anything out. I guess, okay, you're not up. Yeah. You know, you're, you, you know, so on paper, yeah. On paper you're up, but until you hit that cash register, there's nothing that says that money's yours. So, um, I'm curious to, to know with your transition now to uh, real estate, multifamily specifically, do you think there will ever be a time where you'll go back to the stock market? Jay? Yes, sir. Oh, sorry. Okay. You're back. Yep. Do you think there will ever be a time where you'll go back to the stock market and put some, put some money into it? Um, I would say this point, I would say unlikely. Um, and again, this is not like a, this is not, you know, me attempting it like, okay, I think the market is overvalued here or, you know, it, it really has nothing to do with that at all. Right. Um, you know, it's not, I hope for, you know, for America, the stock market goes up, you know, 20% or, you know, but, but I, I just, I feel like I have more control, um, in, you know, my, my money. And I, I feel very confident in building a model that will create more value for me outside of the market. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I agree with you. The, the stocks that I, I play may have like 5,000 in the stock market. It's enough. It's when I get that gambling itch, then I'll go mess around with the stocks. Right. And that's kind of how I look at it, which is bad. And I hope my yeah. wife doesn't hear this cause that's, <laughs> she'll get on to me for that. But, um, you, you mentioned something earlier too. You had this aha moment where you're like, what the hell have I been doing? I'm moving everything into real estate, multifamily real estate. What was that aha moment or what triggered that aha moment for you? Um, so, so my, um, my soon to be sister-in-law, she pointed out to me that she was listening to a, a podcast called bigger pockets. Yeah. So I, I started um, which I'm sure everyone is, is on this is familiar with. Um, so I, I started sort of listening to their material and sort of going down this rabbit hole. I mean, you know, just this and just, and just started, you know, sort of consuming information about, you know, the specific sort of niche in the market, um, you know, through their podcast. And of course, I sort of brought in my horizons, listen to other podcasts and books and all these different types of things. And I, you know, just sort of, you know, in really learning about um, this, you know, so I've been interested in real estate for my entire adult life. And I've, I've, you know, some of the things that, that, you know, that people discuss when, you know, approaching and, you know, investing in real estate, I had done them my entire adult life. And I, I bought, you know, single family homes and, and bid on different single family homes in different markets. And, you know, I, I lo- like, you know, I was doing things like market research. I'd go to a city like, you know, Nashville or, um, Austin, Texas, I used to own a condo in Austin, Texas, like, you know, basically go to market, look start looking at Zillow and Troy and pricing and, and really getting an understanding for the market dynamics of that market and the metrics and the growth opportunities, all those things that, you know, people say is a you know, important first step. I mean, I was doing these things, you know, prior to me sort of having any sort of organized strategy. Right. Yeah. So I sort of, I knew that I was interested in real estate. Um, then when I started, you know, listening to bigger pots and other, you know, other podcasts, I, you know, sort of recognized in what they were saying, you know, this is a, like, this is a real strategy, right? So yeah. what I've been doing, what I've been doing prior to that on the single family front, you know, it was just sort of me, me having a hobby, right? Yeah. Which, you know, which, which that, which that isn't, I mean, a hobby is not something that you can sort of like, you know, bet your financial future on. 
Um, right. when I, when I sort of started listening to, you know, through, through the podcast and books and all the stuff I started consuming, I started, you know, again, recognizing strategies and patterns and right things that I felt comfortable. Like, you know, if I, if I devote the time and resource to deploying, you know, some of these strategies I'm listening to, like, this is going to get me to where I want to be definitively. You know, I, I feel that's, a, that's another thing as well is that I feel, you know, I, my, my, you know, as far as I can say investing in the, in the stock market or the bond market or other sort of public markets, like, you know, I just, you know, even from someone who was in the markets for 11 years, you know, I don't feel like I have any advantage, right? I mean, like, so, so yes, I could, I could turn over, you know, my money to a, to a, you know, a Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley wealth manager and have them, have them apply their asset allocation strategy. But I mean, like, so, you know, that means that I'm sitting here really, you know, I myself am, you know, creating sort of zero alpha for my, for my capital, right? Yeah. So I, I saw this as an opportunity when I was, you know, sort of listening to these things and you, know, you, you just start seeing um, discernible trends and themes across, you know, when you listen to you speak and you listen to Jake and Gino speak and the, the guys in the bigger pockets, right? You start, you know, you can start picking out discernible trends and patterns that, you know, that make sense, right? So there was, I, I started like, you know, through... So in multifamily, and, and that's the, the beautiful thing about real estate is that, is that there, are, there are so many paths, right? So, so you can really tailor it to sort of your personal goals and, um, you know, your personal goals, right? So, yeah. so for me, for me, the multifamily thing and sort of cash flow in real estate is what made the most sense for me. And then, you know, and then using my, my you know, my assets and my W2 income to, um, you know, to bridge, to bridge the gap between sort of where I am now and then me, me playing a hand in, in, you know, turning that into the end goal. Right. Well, first off, I want to thank you for including me in uh, the same sentence as Jake and Gino and bigger pockets. That's a, that's a huge, uh, uh, I don't think I'm worthy, but I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we love the uh, bigger pockets is where it helped me get my start as well. It's where I, uh, uh, got started, and I'll also mention that Will Barrel Profits, uh, which is Jake and Gino's podcast, is is a hugely um, not, transformational is a word that does happen, but influential is what I was trying to think of. So definitely, we'll we'll put links to those guys in the show notes as well. Um, so you yeah. said, you mentioned something hey, er, earlier. Uh, return on equity is that the same thing as cash on cash return? That is, um, I want to say, I guess, I guess it, it depends as far as, um, you know, so, so when I like, when I evaluate my sort of cash on cash return, um, like in a, in a, in a deal, right. I'm basically like, you know, if you're buying a deal for, well, to use round numbers, if I buy a deal for a hundred thousand, I put down 20,000, right. Yeah. I'm evaluating, I'm, I'm evaluating the return on the 20,000 is my cash on cash return. So, so in this situation, when I was referring to the return on equity in my single family home, I, I put in, you know, I put in, a, I put in a number that was cash, right? The total, right. the total. So that was like, you know, when I start day one, again, in the same example, you buy a place for a hundred thousand, you put in 200,000 at that moment, I'm sorry, you put in 20,000, right? On a hundred thousand dollar property. Down payment, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So basically, so in that scenario, your cash and your equity are the same thing, right? So you have basically, you're at, you know, 20,000 is the equity and 20,000 is the, is the cash. So in the, in the single family home I had bought in that same scenario, if I had bought it for a hundred thousand, um, and I put down 20,000, the, the, um, the value of the asset had, had increased, you know, by a pretty significant amount. So now my total equity was the cash I put in 
plus the increase in equity value. Right. Enough. So basically, so now, so now when I was looking at, so maybe the, the initial cash on cash return was fine, but as the equity grew, now the return on equity, which was a larger number was, was very poor. I've never looked at that. Uh, I think that's uh, an equation I need to add to my repertoire for sure. That uh, it's interesting. I, I don't, it, when you said it earlier, I was like, maybe he's referring to, this is a stock term that I'm not familiar with. Let me, let me, so I'm glad I asked. Yeah, I and, and I think it's I, I think it's significant. I mean, I think it's also significant when you look at like when you look at, you know, this is this is occurring right to, in the last like you know three to five years for anyone who's been long real estate. You know, this is a which again, this is exactly my scenario. I bought this a property in 2013. The property you know went up by a significant amount. So now all of a sudden, is it like you know again whatever you are for anyone that's you know bought real estate in the last three to five years in almost any market in America, right? The equity value. I mean, the the value of that property is higher. Right. So whatever, whatever your cash flows were, you know, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. I mean, as the, as the value of that asset appreciates, right. Your, your return on the equity is worse, right? So you can, you can combat that by, you know, two things. You can one, you can, you can, you know, refi and then the bank, the, the, the bank is going to, you know, turn that equity into, into cash for you. Right. You can then apply to some other property, you know, or you can sell it and monetize it. Yeah. Hey, let's and 1031, which I did. Yeah. 1031 exchange is an awesome tool. I've done two now. Um, and they're they're Well, I take that back. I've done one successfully and I had another one that I let the clock expire on. Yeah. We talked about that earlier, but let's not browse over the fact that your future sister-in-law said, Hey, have you heard about this site? Bigger pockets, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure that conversation didn't come out of just nowhere right? You were out there talking to everybody you knew, at least your family or soon to be family and friends saying, look, I'm really starting to just like you do with me. You came and said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm moving all of my assets from this place into multifamily real estate. Right. Is that how that conversation went? Well, so, so it was actually, it was actually the reverse. Um, she, you know, so basically I I was, you know, when I say this, I, I wasn't, um, I was not actively looking for, for any of these things, to be quite honest. Like I, um, I was, you know, because, you know, I, I have a W2 job that I'm, you know, that I'm very happy with and excited about. And, you know, a little when the alarm goes off on Monday, I'm excited to go to work. I mean, there's great, you know, great prospects for, you know, me and my, you know, W2 job, right? So I'm not sort right. of like, you know, which, which I, I think a lot of people are coming from a different perspective where it's like, you know, they know that they don't, they want, they want to wave out of their W2 job, right? I, I'm in the opposite yeah. camp. So I was not asked looking for anything. I was, um, you know, speaking to her and, um, and she was talking to me about a, she just, she had just started flipping homes and she was, you know, telling me about what she was doing, flipping homes. Um, and, you know, talked to me about basically where she was, um, getting a lot of her content from, you know, bigger pockets. So, so I then started, you know, which that being said, I would say that I'm a, you know, that I'm, you know, that I'm always, you know, sort of, that I'm always, you know, curious and, and wanting to learn about new things. So I was, you know, knowing that obviously I just sort of have a generic interest in real estate. I started listening to bigger pockets and then obviously, so, which was great because basically what that did was it took my just general interest in real estate and gave it focus and allowed me to align that interest with sort of my goals. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's awesome that she introduced you to that. Um, incredible. I don't remember how I found, I think I was just Googling something. Google magic led me to there. So I'm grateful yeah. for that. So it, it, so, and something else which you just 
briefly touched on it and we talked about it before I hit the record button is how much you love your job. And, and, you know, one of the things I hate and when I go to the office now is people saying, you know, on a Monday morning, they're dragging ass. They're like, Oh, it's a Monday. I'm like, hell yeah, it's a Monday. Let's go get it. You know? And then on Friday there it's right. The opposite. It's, it's Friday. Let's get out of here. I'm like, totally. uh, I don't, I don't get that. And, and, totally. and for the guys that work for me, I'm trying to change that mindset as when they get here every day, they should see that their job is the engine to get them to do whatever they want to do. Right. Yeah. And, and it's easier for, you know, I'm in a, a sales coaching role and these guys are, are driven by a variable pay structure. So it's a little bit easier for me. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, and I'll take that. That's fine. But they still kind of drag me. I'm like, Hey guys, look, you have an opportunity. We've talked about individually. I'll, I'll meet with them and have one-on-ones and do some coaching, you know, cause most of them are about five to 10 years behind me in life. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So I, I'll say, look, you know, I, I really wish somebody did this for me and, and yeah. they didn't, but why do you come to work every day? Right. And once you figure that out and we'll go and, and some of them we went through, not, not some of them, all of them, we went through the, the seven steps of why, well, why do you come to work? Well, I want to earn money. True. Okay. Why do you want to earn more money? Yeah. Blah, 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 start, blah. Start with the why. Start with a why, and then let's figure out, it, it, you know, what we need to do next, right? And just and go from there. So, um, I, so you're in the financial tech industry. I'm in the cybersecurity industry. Neither one of those are really easy industries to be in. But it sounds like you absolutely love your job. I love mine too. And I got asked. I get asked this question often: Is hey, aren't you about to the point where you're you don't have to work anymore? I'm like, yeah but I really love what I do. I mean, I, I love growing people. I love it, you know, encouraging them to do things they've never done before. And it, and it sounds like you're in the same spot, right? Is, is that you still have a job because you love it. And it, it, to me, you're a pure W2 capitalist, right? Cause even in the Facebook group and the community, there are some people who struggle with, because all they see out there is, you know, you invest in real estate for financial freedom. Well, that's true, yeah. but you don't necessarily have to, Right. And, and yeah. you and I are both getting to the point where we're going to be able to eventually one day, um, if it comes out that, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go focus on family full time or go, you know, sell the world, whatever we can. Right. The point is, is to get there. Right. So. Yeah. It, it, it's never, yeah. I, I could, I said, I couldn't agree more. And it's, we spoke at the center before the recording, but it, it's, it's actually interesting because you know, probably the most, you know, widely, you know, whatever recognized or, you know, quoted book in this genre is, is rich dad, poor dad. And he, you know, in that book, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't um, demonize, you know, D- W2 income. Right. I mean, I think he, he sort of, he cites that as like, you know, he stayed in his W2 job for a long time, right. Because he was using that to sort of, you know, to fuel the growth of his other you know passive income stream. Yep. Fuel the growth. I love it. I love it. You know, I probably need to, so rich dad, poor dad, it's, it's weird. I think, you know, I either, I found bigger pockets. I got turned on that book or I found that book and got turned on the bigger pockets. One of the other two, but it all happened. We, we were about six months pregnant with our first son and our first child. And that had such a paradigm shift for me in the way that I think about making money and building right. wealth. And, you know, I, I kind of, there were a lot of things going on that year for us. We, uh, we recently, 
I had gotten married the year before the, the company that I had been a principal at was got acquired and we were about to have a baby. So yeah, you know, the trifecta really, like, <laughs> okay, what's going on here? And it really just allowed that book, allowed me to pause and kind of think about, okay, been doing this now for, you know, 10 years or so the, the W2 only aspect. Let's look at this in a different way. And that book was hugely transformational, but you've pointed out something that I haven't heard anybody else say. And it, it also encourages me that I think I probably need to go back and read that again or listen to it again. Cause it's been about five years since I've heard it the first time. Yeah. That, so that, thank that you for had doing a that. Huge impact. <laughs> yeah. No, it did. That, that, that book had a huge impact on, on me as well. And, um, and there's just so many valuable lessons in there that, that I, that, you know, that led to, you know, sort of action steps for me as well. I remember, uh, you know, he, you know, talks about the way he talks about taxes in that book. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I, you know, basically I, I just felt like an idiot when I, when I read that book, I'm like, you know, I'm 39 years old. Like I basically just, you know, show up and in March and like, you know, hand over my W2 and yep. you know, that's, that, that's, it is what it is, right? There's no, and then, you know, it's a really the way that he, the way that he, um, you know, the, the way that he, um, isolates taxes as like sort of that, that's going to be the biggest line item and expense you ever have. Right. So just, it is the, the way that he views tax and talks about taxes, you know, in that book and otherwise, but in that book, right. As far as like, you know, when you think about people, you know, you know, budgeting, right. And, and, and where they're going to cut money from. And, you know, it's, it seems when you think about taxes through his, through his eyes, it seems so silly when people are, t- are talking about like, I'm only going to have, you know, one latte instead of two. <laughs> right. I mean, like, you know, like, when you think about, when you think about how large your tax line is versus yeah. anything else in your life will ever be. Right. Um, I, that's, and that's, you know, that, and that prompted me to, I went from having a, having an accountant that, you know, again, I was literally just would show up and drop off my W2 yeah. and, you know, basically pray. Um, and, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just, you know, just basically completely, you know, a passive approach that was, that were obviously I was not getting any additional benefit from that. So, so now from basically reading that book and, and all the, you know, all this feedback I've gotten from, you know, people like, you know, Jake and Gino and, and, and so on is that I, I ended up hiring, um, the, the, do you, are you familiar with the real estate CPA, that podcast? Uh, I think what's the, who's the guy that hosted? I think, I think I am, but, uh, his name's Tom, Cast- well, Tom Castelli is the one that I work with uh, either, either way that there's, but- yeah, so Tom Costelli is the one that I, I work with there. But either, either way, I basically now have a my you know the people that are you know I basically now put in place for the last six months with Tom a you know a proactive approach to my life. Yes. Um. And and business as 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 you know in regards to to taxes. So yeah. now I'm literally now I'm on the offensive, right? Every single you know I, I have a game plan. Literally, I have a you know they call it their um their tax blueprint. I literally have a game plan for me and my family on how we should approach our, you know, life in the most tax, you know, effective and efficient yes. way. Yeah. Awesome. CPA, you know, and all, I'm, all from bigger pot. I'm all from a uh, rich dad, poor dad. That's where that, yeah. that that's why yeah, that's I took that action. Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I, um, for the longest time. And when I say that up until the lab, about three years ago, I did our taxes ourselves. And, you know, I was like, I don't want to yeah. pay a CPA five, 600 bucks or 800 bucks or whatever it was. I really, you know, I can do this myself. I'll reward myself. Go give me a bottle of liquor. We'll get it figured out. We'll turbo tax it to death. <laughs> we'll try to, you know, and, and I was like, there's no way a CPA, this is how arrogant I was. There's no way a CPA can reduce my tax bill like I can because they don't know me. Right. 
And yeah. uh, boy, was I wrong, you know, and, and yeah, it's been yeah. one of the best moves we've ever done. You know, I talked to a guy this morning about how I've grown from, you know, taking three years of dating my wife before she found out how much money I made uh, to, to, uh, or dating who's now my wife, uh, to wow. wiring money to, um, guys, you know, 50,000, hundred thousand to guys that I've only met, you know, uh, or known for a year, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just funny, yeah. uh, how we've grown in that and sharing all my financial information with, with the CPA and, and somebody who I just, you know, got referred to and, uh, but yeah. they, they earn that money. They know these tricks. They, they really drive down our tax. Um, you know, I actually like going and writing a check. Uh, he know the tax. So the tax strategy I have is probably like a lot of folks, but I've really talked to my CPA about this is I want to be as close to zero as possible. Right. I don't yeah. want a huge refund. I don't want a huge, uh, I had to pay a huge sum of money. I want to be close to zero. And last year, um, last year, I think I had to write a thousand dollar, $1,200, something like that. The year before that it was 500. And I was like, you know, this is totally worth it. We were, we were taxed the least amount we've ever been taxed last year. And it was all because of the CPA because we made some really good moves. And that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, if you don't have a CPA and somebody, a CPA who's focused on, or at least understands real estate, you're, you're doing yourself a disfavor, right? And all that. Yeah, so, absolutely. But again, he, I, another reason why I need to go back and read Rich Dad Poor Dad again, because I didn't pick up either one of those points you just made. <laughs> uh-huh. That's all. Awesome. It's, it's so much good info in there. Yeah. I, I've only read it once. I should read it again myself. Yeah. So we're coming up on time here, Craig. I want to make sure we, we've covered everything that I think I want to talk about. You're, but you're in the financial tech industry. You're moving all of your assets um, into real estate, multifamily real estate. I want to ask you a question and, and you, you already kind of answered mm-hmm. it but, uh, earlier. You kind of stole my thunder. You said, look, I don't have any special... Uh, I don't have a glass, you know, a, a globe here. Magical globe is going to tell me where the market's going. I, I'm just like anybody else. I don't have this, you know, secret or whatnot. Just because I was in the stock market trade for years, it, that didn't really help me out. But I read an article last night um, where the guy who, and I forget his name. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot his name. Anyway, he's the guy that they based the movie uh, The Big Short off of who predicted the housing market crash and bought all the shorts and all that good stuff. Um, this is a horrible, yeah. horrible story. Anyway, he has predicted that uh, that the multifamily sector is going to be the next bubble, right? And I'm thinking, well, okay, he, you know, he hit a home run when he did this on the single family market. I just, I don't understand. I don't see it. I don't see banks loaning the way they did on, on multifamily like they did in single family in 2007, 2008. I just don't see that happening, right? So what is your take? This is a long story, a long, horrible story to get to this question, but what is your take on where the market's going? Yeah, so, so as far as where the market's going, you know, one, I have no, I have no idea. Um, but, but I would say this, what the reason why that doesn't like, I'm, I'm saying that I have no idea, which I, I, is true, but I think that sort of the thing that I like about multifamily, 
Um, you know, especially depending on where your goals are, which mine are is long-term cash flow. That's my goal. No question. Right. Is that, right. is that I think that, you know, like the market from where it is now, if the market is plus minus 20% from where it is right now, right. I think that if you are running your, you know, especially, especially when you talk about multi multifamily in the affordable housing sector. Okay. So, and which that, that's where, my, that's where I'm invested. Right. So that segment of the market, I don't think it will be, it will be impacted by plus or, tw- you know, plus or minus 20% in the market. Right. Especially, especially if you were doing within your business, if you were doing all the right, right. If you, if you are delivering the market affordable housing, that is, you know, that is, um, that is clean. If you have responsive management, right. All the blocking and tackling that would make your products and services stand out in affordable housing, which we know in this country, right. Is a, is a scarce, um, resource, resource, right. So that's why I feel so comfortable about, I don't even, when I, when I look at deals, I price in zero appreciation in the stuff that I'm looking at, right? right? Because again, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to acquire assets. I'm trying to, um, you know, basically differentiate our value through the sort of the products and service we're delivering, you know, great management, like things like that. So I think that type of model in the affordable housing space, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's almost like it is, I'm, I'm market agnostic. You know, yes, I hope the market goes, I hope the market, the stock market doubles because so everyone that has money in it, you know, makes more money. Right. But I mean, but I don't like, I don't even, it doesn't, I, I don't think like, I think that if you are sitting around, first of all, if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're like, you know what, I'm going to hold off and the market's going down or I think the market's going up here. You know, the reality is like, people don't know, right? So, right. so even that guy, let's say that guy's right, the market is going to, he's going to have some monster backup, you know. I think that, you know, one is that you have no control of that. As I'm sitting here, I have no control. The market's going to back up 30%. You know, he doesn't know that. But even if he's right, am I, am I holding assets that are, you know, still performing the way I want if the market backs up? I, right. think, I think that sort of the affordable um, sector of the multifamily space is an excellent place to be for that reason, right? Yep. I mean, like, you know, again, that being said, I, I don't buy like, you know, there's some things, this is probably unpopular statements, you know, like there are people buying stuff for, you know, buying stuff for, you know, four caps and, you know, Nashville and all, you know, all these type of places. Like I wouldn't put a dollar there personally, right? Yeah. Because they, those people also probably have much different goals than me, right? Yeah. So for, yeah. for, for my, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm saying for my personal goals, I basically want to be as, uh, I want to be as long, um, you know, again, the, the affordable part of the multifamily market, right? The yeah. affordable housing is, you know, again, I think that that part of the market, you know, just, just, just based on sort of simple supply and demand in this country um, is a, is a part of the market that's going to be resistant to, you know, to larger market moves. And first of all, if there, if there's, you know, two to 5% moves, no one even notices. So right. Let's say again, let's say there's a 20, 20% move one way or the other, you know, if the, you know, if the S and P goes from, you know, whatever, you know, 3000, um, you know, down to 2,400, and you and you were long affordable housing for cash flow. I don't. I just. I don't think that that's like. You know, my point is like. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I don't see. I don't think it's backing up twenty percent. Yeah, I'm with you. And in, in in just for everybody listening, if you don't know, when we're talking about affordable housing, you also hear class A, class B, C, and D properties, right? So we're not talking about class A's. Uh, yeah. and in my perspective, we're not talking about class D, even though it's probably the most affordable, it's also in a war zone, right? So Craig, are you in class B and C? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I agree with you there. It's that, that way you're you're somewhat um, cushioned from a recession if one happens. So you talk about your goals a lot earlier. Uh, one of the things you sent me, your, your goal is to hit over 100 units in the next 12 months and have 250 units in the next two years. I'd love to check back in with you in six months and see how things are going, man. So we'll, we'll see what you're uh, working on next. Uh, but I've really right. enjoyed the conversation. Uh, you've actually taught me a lot. It's funny. I, I host these to help have hopefully to educate others, but I usually get the most out of them, I think. So I <laughs> uh, appreciate you reaching out, uh, Craig. And as we wrap up, how can people get a hold of you if they want to? They can get a hold of me. It's my full name. So Craig Napoliello, C-R-A-I-G-N-A-P-O-L-I-E-L-L-O at gmail.com. Awesome. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. All right. All right, great. Thanks so much, Shay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. You know, they're on the Facebook chats. They're met, getting mentors doing all this random shit, and they don't do a single deal. Yeah. So, you know, like, so, so doing the first deal is way more important than going to meetups. In, you know, I, I just feel like a lot of people, like, you know, because now it's so easily available with social media and the internet and all these meetups and whatever, that's like their security blanket. It's basically like they're almost like, you know, it's like are you looking for friends or are you trying to – you know, create yeah. a path for you. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and uh, you know, that's, uh, so that's the third thing you've taught me today is I really haven't put it in that perspective about the little yellow house was the one that really pole vaulted us into where we are today. I really haven't thought about that. Well, that, I, I, mean, that's have, I haven't thought about it in a while. Good reminder, you know, it's like, shit, you know, cause I had a, a guy mentoring uh, now, uh, Ben, he's a physical therapist and, he asked me, he goes, well, how long have you been investing? I said, well, we're coming up on five years. He was like, what? You haven't been doing this more than five years? I was like, no, I can always equate because I can always equate it back to um, our son because we closed on that little yellow house. It was our first real, real true um, rental property uh, when he was three weeks old. So uh, yeah, it's only been, it's, we're coming up on five years. So that's it's awesome. amazing how much you can do by, you know, just taking the next step, taking a little bit of action at a time, getting off the sidelines and get going after it. Yeah. And of course the hardest thing doing the first deal, you know, in your case, the loyal house, I mean, that's doing the first deal is of course the hardest, the scariest. I mean, like that's, you know, it's like everyone's scared. Everyone, it's hard for everyone. It's like, you know, yeah. all these things yeah, yeah. that I, you know, people, everyone makes mistakes. Like I just, that, that, that's, I feel like, is you know, such a you know important thing. So, um, and, and I thought yeah. that when I read about your, your house. No, and, and that's perfect because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, when we bought that little yellow house, okay, we bought it for twenty two thousand, right? Yeah. And we went to it, I think, twice to look at it um, to make sure we had a home inspection. We tried to negotiate it down a little bit further. Of course, there's a foreclosure. Banks aren't really going to do anything. Um, so we went from that from spending twenty two thousand. And in this month alone, uh, I've wired out close to a hundred thousand dollars without ever seeing the property, ever seeing, uh, tell, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, so it's a good reminder that in five years yeah. it went from here's our comfort level to here's our comfort level. And totally. it's, it's incredible. So that's, that's a good, great point. Um, that, uh, you made there and it all happened because we took action on the little yellow house. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. 
yeah, Thank you well, for that I, reminder, I, I, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate you having me on the show and, and you know sp- spending the time. I think this is awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, I didn't want I don't want to give a I don't want to say it on the air, but I'm not I'm not positive that I can make the uh, Jake and Gina's event either. Um, um, so Look. so I'm I'm not sure yeah. myself. If 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 I, if I go though, as soon as I decide for sure, I will definitely let you know. Yeah, hit me um, up. Let me know. We'll uh, we'll figure it out. Hopefully, I can go. Um, we're uh, we're trying to figure that out. It's just we're just trying to figure that out. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of balls in the air. I, I, yeah, I, I, I know. Uh, um, I know. You know, it's it's not expensive to go um, from a ticket or a flight perspective or, or hotel. It's just having the time. You know, having I think it's right. weekend, right? So yeah, it's a weekend. Um, it's it's one of those things where I know it's going to pay huge dividends if I go. I just got to make right. sure. You know, there's nothing going on around here um totally but yeah if we're there if we're both there let's link up for sure that's good beers